This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Stoplights, those sorts of cameras. Otherwise, um, when it comes to obtaining footage, um, we have to get out there and canvas an area. Uh, Fuses would be a game changer as far as investigations go um, and being able to access those materials. Christian Tabak from the Columbia Police Department. I don't think he is exaggerating when he says this Fuses system, this will be a game changer when it comes to fighting crime. And he's not exaggerating. This will be a game changer. I want to be clear. There was a meeting on this last night, and I keep thinking, I don't understand the distaste for this. I think because it's cameras, and a lot of people, especially conservatives, are like, well, I don't want a government watching me. I don't want anybody watching what I'm doing. They're already watching. (laughs) That's right. I used to tell people all the time, well, there's that big warehouse of all of America's stuff somewhere buried in the desert in Salt Lake, like in 2012, where the government's collecting stuff. The government knows where I live. And I remember saying one time, this guy called into the show, and he said, I don't want the government. They don't need to know where I live. And I said, do you get mail at your house? He said, yeah. I said, the government knows. <laughs> knows. They know. The government knows where you live. The and, cat is out of the bag. Yeah. So this fuses thing, and I'm trying to think, I don't understand. I, I guess I get a little bit of the distaste for it as people are thinking, oh, they're installing a, a, a surveillance system, and it's going to be like Tom Cruise's minority report. It's it's not. Howsworth, simple explanation. Simple. Like under 15 seconds. You can do this, bud. I absolutely can you. Can you hear me okay? Basically, what basically what allows them to do is access the information that already exists. Yeah. And it's an opt-in program. They're not forced to do it. But it's been controversial because some people feel like it's going to target, uh, well, we've heard minorities. And, yeah. and also, they are worried about privacy. The cameras are already there, though. They're there whether these people realize it or not. And I think people that even support the cameras may not realize how many are down there. The problem is was that when there's an incident, especially at night, those businesses aren't open, so they have to canvas the next morning. It just takes some time. So, yeah, there's the, the people. It's cameras. It's a surveillance system. There's, there's cameras already there. All this does. Uh, does it's a, it lets let's say like uh, somebody says hey, I'm gonna show up at Rockbridge High School now this is specifically That's for true. downtown but it could work in other parts Absolutely. of town I'm gonna go to Rockbridge School and somebody leaves and takes off and Columbia Police is trying to find this guy well if they're allowed to tap in with permission of business owners personal individuals it gives them a jump on that stuff so I get it it's a surveillance thing but it's not really a surveillance thing and then you have local elected politicians like Pat Fowler who sits on the city council. Uh, that spreads disinfo and misinfo. There are public defenders and juvenile public defenders who will have opinions about whether or not our policies are fair to their clients or to folks of a certain demographic. Uh, which is dog whistle. It's unfair against blacks. That's what she's saying. Don't let her fool you. She's full of crap. Uh, you'll have some public defenders and people worrying that it, tar- it doesn't target people of color. It doesn't target white people like Stephanie. It doesn't co- target brown people or black people. It doesn't target anybody. It does not. It, it doesn't is, it target is. a person. And you have a city council person elected. It targets people. I think it doesn't target anybody. If you're breaking the law on camera, it'll get you. It, <laughs> That's it, all. In a sentence, Brandon, it does not identify people based on race. It does not use facial recognition. And Chief Jones has made it clear they don't have the... They're 25 officers short right now, I believe. The, the number fluctuates. They they need more officers. They don't have people to do surveillance, the chief says. And even if they did, he wouldn't allow it. So basically what it would be used for is to solve crimes. That's really it in a nutshell. 
but you know and i expect there'll be some opposition to it ultimately the council will make that decision not at the next meeting but it'll be the november the second second monday in november and is public get another opportunity for some say so so this was a, an event last night it's kind of an informational meeting people uses were there is another one coming up tonight uh, yeah. molly bowden building uh which is the basically the molly bowden for lack of a better term community police building, if you will, uh, uh, on International Drive so people have a chance to hear. They'll be able to talk to, to us, uh, the, the company there, Fusis. Chief will be there. The Columbia PD people that would use that would be there. And, uh, of course, people that support or oppose are, are welcome to attend. Well, and what we heard from the chief the last time he was here was that it's being used in other communities. It's not like Columbia would be the first ever. Um, and it's been, I think, what he said was pretty successful there. And, I mean, we've seen such a rash of crime in the last year and I, I haven't heard hardly any good solutions i think this is the first thing that i think would act at, you know actively make it possibly make a dent um and, and i'm excited about it honestly and brandon read a note not too long ago on air from a gentleman named scott wilson who's a you probably know him stephanie prominent attorney here in town represents the downtown uh columbia uh, association if you will the district and they came out in support of the and even said they have they're always always concerned about privacy, but because of what the clients want, and they have the ability to opt in. That's the key. Yeah. And no one's forcing them to do it. If they don't want to, they don't have to. By the way, it's an exercise in futility to go somewhere in Jefferson City and try to introduce Stephanie Bell to people. <laughs> Stephanie already knows. Every, we were at the Rax event Thursday night, and I'm like, do you know? Yeah. Do you, yes. Stephanie's a big deal. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. I try to tell you. But no, I mean, the surveillance thing, too. The, the, so I and I will say I, I get kind of a little bit freaked out every now and again about surveillance. But the, the thing that freaked me out. Have, have you been to Disney World lately? Not I mean, lately. they scan your finger. They scan your face. Like if you park hop and somehow your finger scan doesn't work, they're like, let's see your face. They hold the iPad up. They're like, oh, yeah, matched you or whatever, you know, and they say they don't keep it, you know, but like just to go into a park, they've got not only, you know, video of me, but they've got all my biometrics, too. I mean, and, you know, the, I think some of the same people that will complain about <laughs> this or the, that this, these business cameras are the same people who go to, go to Disney World and don't think twice. Let me ask you this. Have you been to the gym recently? Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I Marsh, haven't. Have Apparently, you, you have. <laughs> no, so, same thing. Uh, when I go to the gym, five days a week, uh, that's not true. Uh, but when I go to the gym, it's your photo. When you scan in, your photo pumps up so they can check and make sure uh, it's you. I think there's one interesting the thing that kind of takes me back on this whole debate about the fuses thing is, yeah, you can opt in, but it's one of those kind of issues where we're hearing from the the left-wing crowd that they're targeting people of color. Then we're hearing from the conservative yep. crowd who say, hey, it's an invasion of my privacy, a la almost the PDMP debate at the state <laughs> capitol <laughs> a couple years That's ago. Right. That's a great point. Another great example of if you're pissing everybody off, then maybe you're doing something right. You're upsetting conservative because it's surveillance. You're going to watch me. You're no, that's not what's happening. Or it's when you have people that are spewing lies like Pat Fowler, the city council. It's, it's going to target black people or even bringing up the idea that it's a question. It just 
blows me away. And I was, by the way, coming up uh, seven ten this morning. Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft, he's joining us. Latest on election stuff, bottom line, and what you need to do when you go and vote. Then State Senator Tony Lukemeyer, he's joining us at eight ten. We've had a lot of folks. Hey, can you help uh, help us distill down these amendments? He is uh, he's going to drill down on Amendment Four, has to do with Kansas City Police Department That's a big funding. One. Yeah, he's here at eight ten. This is Wake Up Mid Missouri, by the way. Brian Hosworth, John Marsh, producer Hannah Stephanie Bell. I'm Brandon Rathard. I was at an event last night. It was a candidate forum for Boone County um, candidates, state reps, uh, also the uh, presiding commission. It was hard because I like Kip Kendrick. He's one of the candidates. He's running against County Leopard for Boone County Commission. I like Kip personally. Dealt with him professionally over the years. He's a Democrat who would come on the show. Uh, and I've said we just can't vote for any Democrats right now. Uh, you just can't. We see what's happening with gas prices, grocery prices, crime. You know the whole gig. As a matter of fact, we have a slew of headlines this morning that continue to bode well for Republicans. Flashing red. Flashing red is the media headline. GOP makes major gains in top polling analyst projections for midterm. And this is all over the place. Pretty much a lot of the national news outlets are saying, yeah, GOP uh, is looking good. And that's the story we have for you this morning. Continues to look good nationwide. But I'm at this event last night. I've said we can't vote for Democrats, even locally, because that national mindset, because of people like Pat Fowler. Uh, video of uh, it's, it's got to be racist. We can't have that mindset. Well, if, if you, you can be anything in this country you want. If you're a boy, you can pretend like you're a little girl. It's like Halloween, 365 days a year. We can't have that mindset in leadership. And so last night, I see Kip Kendrick, who's running for Boone County Commissioner. I like the guy. I really do. And he's there in County Leopard, the other candidate for Boone County Presiding Commissioner. Uh, but going up talking to these people, Kip, I like you, but I, 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 can't, I can't vote for you. Another race we were watching. And I don't blame Luke Gemeyer, third congressional district congressman, that third district seat against Benthony Mann. I mean, it's still Marsh in your mind. It's a pretty easy race. Sure seems to be. Power of incumbency and all yeah. that. So, and I'm wondering, because last night, and there's a great conversation we've had before regarding debates, and although this thing in Boone County wasn't a debate, it was more of just a forum, uh, it didn't change my mind on a thing. As a matter of fact, it reinforced some of my thoughts. We've had this conversation yeah. before. Once you get to the general, I don't know that debates or forums or anything change people's mind. You know, unless you're Fetterman, I guess, maybe. <laughs> um, I think I think the numbers are, have taken a turn since his debate. But I, I think, you know, I think Hochul and Zeldin faced off last night in a debate. Um, I just don't know how, especially a lot of people have already voted. But, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't know how at this point... You, you don't know who you're... And in the polling, we've seen that. Even in the Senate debate or in the Senate polling over the weekend, there were like 4% undecided. So you better make up your mind if you haven't. But I think most people have. Yeah. it's like And, and here's the thing that I'm learning. For example, Cherie Tolson-Reich's opponent, she's running for state rep, her opponent, Dave Rathel. Uh, I've heard he said some pretty nasty things on like F-bombs and stuff like this. And I, for the first time last night, saw him speak. I'm like... Oh, my. Like, I had other people in the room texting me. This is at the chamber. Like, oh, wow. Yeah, that's why nobody's going to vote for Dave Rathel at all. Does not deserve to be in office. But And then I, I look at people like uh, Bethany Mann. She's running against Blaine Lukemeyer. Marsh, anything? Bethany Mann, I think she's an IT or something. Anything else you can add into the mix on Bethany Mann? No, she's been kind of those ones who flew it even... Even early on, just under the radar, hadn't she? So, uh, yeah, so she was chatting with KRCG. And I hear what she's saying, and it's like, yeah, it just reinforces my decision 
uh, to uh, to vote. What really did it for me? The way I'm going to vote. What really did it for me was to see the the, res- the government response or non-response really to COVID. There are groups, there are people who are looking to disenfranchise women. And one of the ways that you do that is you take away their voice and you take away their choices. So that's why I'm, uh, I'm like, yeah, okay, I absolutely would not vote for Bethany, would absolutely vote for Blaine. She's talking about the lack of response from government on COVID. The government response is what really destroyed the economy, not just of parts of mid-Missouri, but the country. It was government response. What do you mean the lack of response? Bethany, I don't, I don't get what these people are thinking. And then to her second point about silencing women. Let me ask you, chicks, is do you feel silenced by staff, by what's been happening in the legislature? No. No, I can't say that I do. All right, just checking. Coming up, Daily DC Rundown. Uh, some of the big things happening in Washington, D.C. We're going to peek underneath the circus tent. What do you have for us this morning, Steph? Well, Trump was in Texas yesterday, and he says he knows how to make our country successful. Working to advance our interests. All right, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken. Uh, talking about Saudi Arabia and gasoline and fuel, gas, everything that's fueling some of our biggest problems right now. And that's what's getting us into today's daily D.C. rundown with Stephanie Bell. Saudi Arabia has shared intelligence with us that suggests Iran may be preparing for an imminent attack. Um, that attack uh, is described as a credible th- threat of an attack soon or within 48 hours. Um, the National Security Council is saying we are concerned about the threat picture and we remain in constant contact through military and intelligence channels with the Saudis. Not good. No. Um, the only... <laughs> More think, good news for you this morning. And it's not even 6.30. I mean, at least we're communicating and we've got our eye on the situation. It, uh, the news uh, does, this article does point out that um, no U.S. embassy or consulate in the region has issued alerts or guidance. You know, when things get really hairy, a lot of times they tell Americans, hey, get out. Um, or you know, and, and that has not been done yet, but they are watching it very closely. Um, in the meantime, um, everyone who has who thinks they have a shot at 2024 is in a state campaigning, basically. <laughs> and Trump has told us, uh, he, he said he knows how to make our country successful, safe, and glorious again when he was in Texas last night. What do you think he said? Uh, make America great again? <laughs> basically. He said, I will probably have to do it again, which he, I will probably have to run again, yeah. is what he said, in order to make our, return our country to glory. Um, so he was in Texas last night uh, campaigning. Um, of course, everyone points out that before he actually did run, he said he was going to run a whole bunch. So, um, But, you know, if Republicans hit a big wave, it, a red wave, then it might be important for him to go ahead and announce early and kind of catch the tide uh, as he heads into 2024. So he's in Texas. And I hope that happens. How, he's going to be, what, 80 by then or 79? Oh, gosh. And here's what I want. I would love for Trump to be president again. Would love it. I pray for it sometimes. Um, but we talk about Biden's age. He's going to be 80 in the next few days in the White House. By the way, let's not talk about that here on that. Trump will be almost 80 by the time we would go and vote for him in 2024. That's true. Well, Pence was in Georgia last night supporting uh, Kemp. Um, a- this is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Brooms was in the front of a hospital uh, saying that um, Kemp refused to expand Medicaid and so was like, uh, you know, out there protesting or whatever. But, um, you know, P- Pence is, I think as on the move as Trump is in states supporting Republican candidates trying to be the person that helps push us into a Republican wave, red wave. And I think, you know, at the same time, I could see him coming out with an early announcement if we hit it big in November. And Pence, he acts like he's 88, 89 years How old, old is he really? I don't, I don't actually know. <laughs> Let me see if, I, okay. if there's a way I can find that out. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon's Googling something for himself, actually, for me. Um, wow. 
Uh, Joe Biden also 63. 63. Dang, that's young. He's too young. I don't even think he's qualified. <laughs> you're not old and you're white enough. <laughs> You're guy enough, but you're not old enough to be a politician. Well, Joe Biden was in Florida, and he was criticizing someone else that's been on the 20... You're not out in the rain with the Halloweeners. Yeah. Yeah. I got to go out, so you got to come with me. (laughs) Joe Biden uh, hanging out with Halloweeners uh, (laughs) the other night. You said wieners. Stop it, Hannah. Come (laughs) on, man. We're trying to do an adult uh, intelligence, uh, common sense... For the people radio show here. Sorry. Uh, they gave me a microphone. <laughs> You're not out in the rain with the Halloweeners. <laughs> so Joe Biden, right, then right, and there's a point on that. So right after that, the news making part was what it wasn't that he was talking about hanging out with the Halloweeners the other night. Uh, he goes, he goes on uh, ownership, not taking ownership, his mistakes, his problems, what has happened to this country because of him. Um, and again, he's going the the problems, blaming somebody else, which is really it's it's, it's a it's a progressive mindset. It seems like I think most intelligent people say, "Hey, I made a mistake." You look somebody in the eye and say, "I'm sorry." What can I do to make it right? Yeah, I messed up. I did that. Take ownership of it. Uh, blame stuff. Oh, that kid at the school in St. Louis, it's the gun's fault. Dude was, he had serious psych, uh, psychological issues, man. Cops been called to his house more than once. They tried taking the gun away from him. It's not the gun's fault. The gun didn't get up and go to that school and do that. It was the guy. It was the person. But Democrats, they blame. You got to blame something. Don't hold people responsible. Uh, and Joe Biden is not immune from this train of thought. Give me a break. Enough is enough. Look, I'm a capitalist. You've heard me say this before. I have no problem with corporations turning a fair profit and getting a return on their investment and innovation. But this is remotely what's happening. Oil companies, record profits today, are not because they're doing something new or innovative. Their profits are a windfall of war. So he's saying, it's the oil companies. That's why gas prices are so high. Every single gas station in America, they get together on a Zoom call. Gas stations from Maine to Vermont to Florida over to Arizona and California and Washington and then all through the Midwest to here in Missouri. All these hundreds of thousands of gas station owners, they get together for a Zoom call. And then they say, what are we going to set the price at this morning? You know, Joe's really screwed some stuff up. We can take advantage of this. We could tack on an extra nine cents and we could just blame it on everything else. But that's what Biden, that's what's going through his brain this morning. It's the, or he's just lying. It's either they're really, and I hate to call people stupid. I'll let you do that for us at 874-939. Or I will let them do it for themselves. Um, I just don't understand. Is it, he, you're lying. You're trying to cover your tracks. There's so much power in saying, man, I screwed up. I really did. Uh Matter of fact, I'm going to call it good. I'm quitting. <laughs> Meet your new president over here. When's the last time a politician said I screwed up? Yeah, exactly. And I think it's not going to happen. No, and it should. I mean, imagine. Think about times in your life when somebody has come up to you and said, man, I was wrong. I'm sorry. I'm not a politician, and neither are they. Do you hold elected office? <laughs> <laughs> And I haven't been wrong about anything with respect to the elected office. <laughs> and you, you have not. Uh, and I'm not talking about you, but it personally in life, politics aside, John, you think of a moment when somebody has come to you and apologized. John, I was wrong. I did that wrong. And here's why I did it wrong. How can I make that up? 
No. <laughs> <laughs> and it sounds like some people should be doing that to you. Is the impression I'm getting. Present company included. <laughs> uh, the thing, my takeaway with the president, you know, I hate to agree with Joe Biden, but didn't we uh, report a, a couple of... I don't know, a couple quarters ago that Aramco, the Saudi oil company, broke the record for making like 40-some billion dollars in a quarter. So, you know, some of that's on the money. You know, the oil companies always take advantage, no matter what the situation is or who's in office. Um, It's just, hey, you just handled this poorly. Because of what you did in Afghanistan, actually, when you were elected, when you took office, those tragic events, January 20th, 2021, we immediately looked weak on a worldwide stage. People knew this. And then when we saw your sloppy pull out of Afghanistan, uh, Putin went in for uh, he went in for the kill. And that's according to NATO. That's not a talking point. That is a fact. NATO has said that Putin saw Biden's perceived weakness after Afghanistan that's why Putin went into Ukraine. That's why you're paying a ridiculous amount of money for gasoline. And that's why they continue to lie about it. As Biden saying the other day, gas was $5 a gallon when I took office. I mean, this stuff is just so, so, so blatant. And I don't know, is he, is he really lost his mind that much? Or is it just like they're lying and they think that we're all stupid? Today, the most common price of gas in America is $3.39. Down from over $5 when I took office. <laughs> no, man. No. By the way, you know what's going to happen with diesel? I think this is a great exercise in, in the spin on stuff. I've heard from a lot of people who have read, apparently we're going to be running out of diesel. So I went to go uh, do my own Google internet search. I'm proud of you. Right. Uh, well, because you ask people and they don't have uh, a straight answer or all they're doing when you ask people this, unless you're talking to somebody in the oil industry, they're only regurgitating what they have heard or what they have read. That's all they're doing, unless you're actually talking to uh, uh, an oil expert. So I just Googled uh, diesel shortage and got a wide array of headlines. NPR, how the diesel fuel shortage is being felt globally. Fox fuel company issues diesel shortage warning. Uh, EconomicTimes.com diesel shortage across the U.S. reports is only 25 days of diesel. Forbes why the U.S. has a diesel shortage. CNBC diesel market in perfect storm as prices surge, supply dwindles ahead of winter. CBS News no the U.S. is not going to run out of diesel in 25 days. Thank goodness. Right? So who do you believe? So I want to believe CBS because that's the most favorable. But you see, and here's what I think with some of these headlines. Again, it's the, it's, it's, it's the fear. It's the fear porn. It's the fear tactic scare people. U.S. has a diesel shortage. U.S. is going to run out of diesel. What does that do? It causes panic in people. And they call the local radio stations and talk about it, which is cool. It benefits us. But that's, so which one do you believe? No, the U.S. is not going to run out of diesel fuel in 25 days. I mean, do we want to bet a week's worth of Hannah's salary on this? No. <laughs> Just check it. Yeah, I'm going to run out. The price may continue to go up. You know, they're, they're not going to run out, but they'll keep making it as long as the truckers will buy it. 
Uh, I hope that you. Uh, I hope that you're hanging in there, man, because we know it's been uh, t- been over two years now, uh, almost two years, and it has been really, really tough. This stuff is all. It's important to talk about, but it's real too. Uh, when you look at the sacrifices that people have had to make. And then you can look at stuff like this. By the way, there's John Marsh, producer Hannah, Stephanie Bell, Brian Houseworth is here. My name is Brandon Rather. On a 2-0 from McCullers, Marsh hits a fly ball to right field. Tucker drifting back to the track, to the wall. He can get it. It's off the top of the wall and gone. Marsh, Brandon Marsh homers. Did you get to see that one, John? I did. I saw the whole thing. <laughs> Uh, Brandon Marsh, player of Philadelphia Phillies, who swept the Cardinals in the playoffs. Yeah, it's your guys' love child. <laughs> yeah, Brandon Marsh. <laughs> uh, more hair than the both of us combined. Homering last night, Phillies. I, did they tie a record or set a record in the World Series? Tied a record. Tied a record. Five home runs uh, in a game. The pitcher, one pitcher, let up all five of those home runs. Philadelphia Phillies surprisingly leading the Houston Astros. Uh, two games to one, so now I feel a little bit better about the Cardinals losing the World Series. A couple of uh, kudos for Cardinals yesterday. Uh, is it Brendan Donovan and um, Nolan Arenado picking up uh, picking up gold gloves. Welcome to the show. We are glad that you could be here. Coming up a little bit later, we're going to hear uh, Dustin Stanton. Uh, he owns the largest. Him and his brother owns the largest natural free range egg farm. I think on the planet, at least in the United States. Um, he's also the the Boone County uh, treasurer, and was talking to him yesterday. He was appointed by the governor. This kid is like twenty. He's twenty six years old, by the way. I think he's young. He's young. He might be older than that, but he's a young dude, man. But uh, but he's incredibly smart. I mean, Mark Zuckerberg, dude from Facebook, came to Mid Missouri. Went for a walk on Dustin Stanton, Stanton Brothers Egg Farm, and said, Dustin, give me some of your trade secrets. Mark Zuckerberg asked for the ear of Dustin Stanton. I, I think that says something about him. Anyhow, governor appointed him to be the, uh, to be the uh, treasurer. Uh, he is now running to hold that office. He likes what he's doing. He wants to stay there. He's a real affable young man. I think very humble is one of the things I always think about when uh, when I think about Dustin Stanton. Had a chance to chat with him yesterday. Candidate for him, Boone County. Uh, and I don't know there's anything big there yesterday. Democrats did the Democrat things. Republicans did the Republican things. If anything, it reinforced my um, thoughts on not. You've got Adrian... Um, Oh, Adrian Plank, who's an eternal candidate. Uh, he's run several times. I'm running against John Martin for that 47th seat. And I see him at this candidate forum, the Chamber of Commerce. I'm like, yeah, that's why I've never voted for you before, why I won't vote for, for you again. Um, and then the same thing with Sheree Tolson Reich's opponent, Dave Rathel. I'd heard some things. Trust but verify. So I show up at this thing last night. And man, like this guy is just, he's just like unhappy. Dave Rathel was on the Randy's Hobler show a couple months ago and kind of went toe-to-toe with Randy. And he's a character. Yeah. He's... Yeah. And maybe not in the best way, but... <laughs> yeah. Uh, and by, by the way, you know who reached out to us? Uh, John Carla Stack. <laughs> so we understand. Yeah. Uh, and she's running for Boone... Uh, excuse me, Cole County presiding commissioner. Sam Bushman, the incumbent. That should be an easy race there, too, the way I figure it. You figuring it the same way, John? You never know, I guess, in this day and age. Well, we presume, like, back to back to my stock line about the power of incumbency, Sam Bushman's never had an opponent. Well, you never know nowadays. Remember 
1948, well, obviously we don't, but it's been taught in history. Remember, everybody was so sure that Dewey was going to defeat Truman in the presidency. even a headline in a newspaper. There is a headline in the Chicago Daily Tribune. That's how sure they were. The big headline, uh, Dewey defeats Truman, defeats our, our Missouri dude. And it wasn't. It was misinformation. It was a false narrative. <laughs> it was fake news. But, man, the folks in 1948 from the Chicago Daily Tribune, they were doing like we're doing. They're getting on realclearpolitics.com every morning and looking at polling numbers. And so they said, here's the headline. Def- Dewey defeats Truman. Uh, didn't, didn't happen. And they couldn't just go on the Internet and change the headline, right? <laughs> they changed the Internet version of the story. Okay. But the hard copy, it remained... <laughs> uh, it remained the same. So yesterday I asked Dustin uh, Stanton, had a chance, and we're going to hear some of his conversation coming up here in just a few minutes. Uh, but I asked him what he knew about his opponent. Um, and I would say she is a... And he gave a really... In- <laughs> I know, right? I probably shouldn't have done it that way. He gave a really interesting answer. That if anything, what he said, and I want you to hear this coming up like five minutes from now. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathard. Conversation we had yesterday, Boone County Treasurer, um, Dustin Stanton. And it was asking him about his opponent. How did he answer that? We're getting into that. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. We are so glad that you are here. 874-9390. 874-9390. Seriously, if there are some questions, uh, this is a true story. Yesterday, I'm having lunch at a place. It was uh, a slash Mexican slash Mediterranean restaurant. <laughs> question do you ever eat lunch at home <laughs> no is the answer uh but somebody was asked, what about these ballot measures and i swear to god this is true i said i said well this is how you vote on this this and and that and ignore that one right now and they're like are you sure i'm like yeah man i run this all by stephanie <laughs> we're on the same page um so that is uh, Stephanie Bell. But anyhow, yesterday we had a chance to chat with dustin stanton appointed by the governor be uh to be the boone um uh, Boone County uh, Treasurer. So we spoke with him for a couple of minutes yesterday and said, hey, so why do you want the office? To begin with, I am in the office. Um, I love the county as a whole, and I love the responsibilities that this job entails. Um, when you start talking about fiscal responsibility and conservatism, um, this is really a place where I feel like the, the finances of Boone County could use that to benefit all the citizens of the county. So I feel like I'm making a difference in that sense, um, not only within the county, but also for folks um, all around the county. So, and I almost feel feel uh, silly asking this next question. Well, what makes you qualified to be treasurer? Well, Brandon, uh, you know, I'm treasurer now. Uh, <laughs> but would you like to expound on that? So, of course, there is the obvious fact that I am already in the office, so I've already gained the um, institutional knowledge, you may say, of what this entails every single day and on a monthly and annual basis. Um, aside from that, aside from what I've learned from just being in the office, my background, I did receive a full ride business scholarship to the University of Missouri. I had coursework with emphasis in a lot of what I'm doing already. So that's the accounting, um, money and banking, monetary policy, things like that. Also, I started my own business at the age of six, Stan Brothers Eggs. Been running that for 24 years. And to put that in perspective, I just turned 30. So I yeah. <laughs> decades running my own business. And I'm doing this on the um, public sector as well. So I've kind of got both sides, both private and public, which is really important, not only to do the job, but to do it well. Have you had many dealings with, uh, with your opponent? One of the awkward parts, you may say, 
of me being in the position is, oh, about a day or two afterwards um, that I was in the office, she announced that she was running for it as well. So oh. she is actually the HR director for the county. Um, and I would say she is a, I'm not going to mudsling here. She's a nice lady. She's good as the HR director and I'm good as the treasurer. Um, and so that is where my vote falls, um, keeping me in my position. And you know what? Keeping her over there in her position. I hear what you're saying. Dustin Stanton, Boone County Treasurer, it's who I'm voting for uh, on Tuesday, November the 8th. Anything else you'd like to add before we let you go, Dustin? Oh, I just appreciate the opportunity. Um, we always have exciting conversations. So, <laughs> <laughs> Exciting. I love it. Dustin Stanton, Boone County. <laughs> that was good. Funny politicians. Right. That's. I thought that was pretty powerful. He says, my opponent, she's very good at her job, and I'm very good at being the treasurer. I liked that a lot. Yeah. Uh, humble brag almost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I think would be cool? Let me run this idea by you, Marsh. Like, at Easter, Stan Brother Eggs and uh, Centralia, they should do like an Easter egg hunt there every year. There you go. Are you sure they don't already do that? <laughs> they might already do that. Dye all the eggs red. 